Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Have you found the keys to unlock your best trip? On a Trafalgar tour, you unlock more than just the world. We give you the key to let down your walls and make lifelong friends. The key to discovering hidden talents and fresh perspectives. From one-of-a-kind experiences to iconic destinations, Trafalgar gives you the keys to unlock your best self. Discover more at trafalgar.com unlock. That's T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R dot unlock. Tour differently. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Big D Sports with Casey Busher. It's been a while, but I am back getting the podcast back up now in 2024. So it's February 10th. The Super Bowl is tomorrow on Sunday. Later in the show, I did interview Aliyah Funshell, who is a sports influencer in New York City. So excited to let you guys listen to that interview coming up here soon. But just getting into some scores and what's been going on in Dallas sports, specifically basketball-wise. Starting off with the Dallas Mavericks, they made some big moves before the trade deadline. Daniel Gafford and P.J. Washington are now Dallas Mavericks. Grant Williams is no longer a Dallas Mav. A lot of controversy there with Grant leaving the Mavericks. If he was, you know, a bad locker room guy, which I never heard from anyone. He was always super kind whenever I was around him. He was a big supporter of the Dallas Wings whenever he was here. But that news did break following him leaving Dallas. Gafford and Washington put up big numbers today in the game against Oklahoma City. Gafford had 19 points and nine rebounds. Washington had 14 points and five rebounds. So if today was any indication on how they're going to be for the Mavericks, I I think they're going to really step up and help, help elevate this team. And really the time is now for the Mavericks to really make a run. I mean, Kyrie Irving signing that big deal. Luka Doncic obviously on a big deal, making big money. The time is now. These guys aren't going to wait around for this team to form, right? So it's like getting guys in here that want to win, that are young, that are energetic. That's what this Mavericks team needs. However, you know, it's going to be a battle in the West. They're only eighth in the West right now. 30 wins, 23 losses at the moment. They're six and a half games behind the Timberwolves in first place. But if they continue this momentum now, after four straight wins in a row, they're going to be just fine when playoffs come around. Kyrie Irving popped off today. He had 25 points. Luka had his 35th 30-point game of this season. It's been so much fun watching these two work together. I think one of my favorite storylines about this Mavericks team is is the way that Kyrie Irving has really fit into it, right? We've seen in the past few years the type of player that he's been painted out to be with the media. You know, it's, it's he's a troublemaker or he complains or he just has a crazy ideas and all of these things that we've heard about him are just so negative. And I feel like ever since he's been in Dallas, I've heard nothing but incredible things. He's great in the community. 
He connects with the fans. He's connecting with this team. So it's been so much fun to see Kyrie painted now into this star point guard, you know, and, and doesn't have so much controversy concerned with his name. It seems like him and Luke are really finding their rhythm together. So I'm really excited to see how this Mavericks team now pans out uh, as we are into February. Excited about these moves for Dallas and hopefully things really work out with Gafford and Washington. We need more action on the inside. So it's great additions. Now moving over to some college basketball, Texas Tech got the win over UCF today after a three game losing streak. I love this team. They have been so much fun to watch and keep up with. Grant McCasland has been a great addition to this group as a head coach. He came in with so much energy. He's a young guy out of North Texas. Obviously they had success whenever he was there. So really getting this Texas Tech program back up and running, getting big transfers, getting big names out of high school is what's going to keep this program strong. It seems like he's really been trying to connect with, you know, the students at Texas Tech, keep those games popular, you know, back to the Chris Beard games when they would be sellout crowds. Uh, I hope that, you know, this program can continue to keep that up. And they next play Kansas at home on Monday. So that's going to be a huge testament to this Texas Tech team. Obviously, the Big 12, extremely good again this year, as they always are. So it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out in the second half of conference play for the Big 12. What will Texas Tech look like um, here in the coming weeks? Now, moving over to college women's basketball, just a huge storyline that I want to talk about is Caitlin Clark. I got the chance to go out to the Iowa Maryland game a couple weeks ago, see her play and see the team. They got the big win over Maryland. It was a fight down to the wire, though. Obviously, you know, every single road game for Caitlin Clark and for Iowa is going to be tough because they're sellout crowds. You know, everyone wants to be Iowa. It's just been incredible to see how many people are out and supporting women's basketball specifically Iowa and the hype around Caitlin has been so exciting as well. My whole family's from Iowa. So it's been so fun for us to follow her and, and see how she has completely revamped the Iowa program and really is just completely revamping women's college basketball overall. It's awesome to see all the sellout crowds and, and just how much people are caring uh, for women's basketball. So it's been a lot of fun to see, but Something I wanted to mention on uh, February 25th, my grandma and my uncle Gene, thanks to Iowa's incredible staff, is going to, they're going to go to the Iowa Illinois game and see Caitlin Clark play for the first time in person. So I'm really excited to hear how much fun they have at Carver Hawkeye. That game, th those games look absolutely incredible, so electric, um, and always a sellout crowd. So that is going to be exciting for them. But it looks like Caitlin is, so she's 39 points away from breaking the all-time record for scoring in college basketball for women. And she could potentially break that record at Nebraska tomorrow. And that game will be ahead of the Super Bowl at 1 o'clock. So if you're not doing anything before the Super Bowl, make sure to tune into that Iowa game against Nebraska. Caitlin Clark could become the all-time leading scorer tomorrow. So make sure to tune in. Now, moving over to the interview that I got to catch up with Aaliyah Funshell. She's such an incredible person. And the best thing about her, you know, obviously she's been a, such a big help in encouraging people to care about women's sports. That's a big thing that she uses her platform for. 
She's everywhere, though. I mean, she's at NBA games. She's at WNBA games, NHL games, NFL games, you name it. She has been all over the map. It was so fun catching up with her, I think, especially nowadays with the amount of people who are trying to be content creators. She has been such a great example of how to do it. So I got the chance to chat with her about what works for her when it comes to content, what works with her when it comes to social media. So from a digital aspect standpoint, she is going to be a good listen. Nothing makes my heart ring more than connecting with more women in sports. And I got the chance to meet her actually last year at the New York Liberty game. So it was fun to catch up with her again. I feel it's so weird because, you know, we've been following each other for years. And I feel like that with a lot of some of the sports people that I do follow in the industry, you know, we follow each other. We may, maybe I've never met in person or we briefly have met a few times, but it feels like I know them, right? Just because you follow some of these people on social media. So I feel like, you know, Leah and I have just been friends for such a long time because of how long I've followed her, but I'm so excited for her and her success that she has had so far in the industry. And I know that she's just going to continue to keep growing. So take a listen to my interview with Aaliyah. Aaliyah, how are you? It seems like you've been doing so many things in the city at various games um, with different leagues. Um, what have you been up to? You know, I ask myself that same question. <laughs> I feel like I've been up to like a bunch of, of random things. Like obviously the college basketball season is a big one, um, especially on the women's side, like big women's basketball fan. Um, so I do a lot of work with Columbia women's basketball and then just Columbia sports in general. But then also just trying to insert myself in so many different things in New York City, such as like event coverage, the Knicks, the Nets, um, MSG networks, like just trying to really build up my platform in the city and, and stay busy and, and meet as many people as possible. And the fact that you were in like the Mecca, you're in New York City, and I feel like just to navigate that like sports scene and really immerse yourself is something that is probably not very easy. Um, so just like going back to like the beginning of you, you know, trying to get your door, like get in the door with sports. Um, how did you navigate that? Especially in New York City, how were you able to make connections and just keep growing? Yeah, I think what really helped me was what I did in, I was like a big fish in a small pond in Wichita, Kansas. Um, Wichita State sports were like the only big thing happening there. And then there was a lot of like semi-pro teams that are like, barely you know like semi-pro but I kind of found a way to insert myself so many different places in Wichita and then um I, I loved my time there loved the support there and I, I figured out how to really not just network but build connections and, and sustainable connections so then when I got to New York I took the same approach of just like I'm just here to make industry friends like I like I didn't have the approach of like who's the top person at each company that I can network with it's more so like I just moved to this big city and I'm a sports fan, like who else is a sports fan and wants to be friends type of thing. Yeah. Um, and grad school really helped. I went to Columbia for my sports management master's degree. And um, I just, you know, I preach being a good student and like not being a teacher's pet, but like get to know your professors that really helps. And then I had one professor who he is like a PR, like prominent person in the city. And he as a PR person always needs media coverage and me being in social media and like a reporter, like an online reporter, it was like the perfect combination. So he invited me to a few events to cover. And that's kind of how I got my footing. Um, when I first moved here was just started helping him cover events just for fun. That's so cool. Um, and then, so you're from Kansas, right? 
So I was born on Long Island, have a huge okay. New York family. Like my dad has Madison Square Garden, like tattooed on his body, oh but we God. moved to Kansas when I was little. So technically I'm a Kansan, but like, I always claim my New York roots. I love that. So your goal is probably to get back to the city, right? Oh yeah. Since I was 10, I wanted to go to Columbia since I was 10. I was such a nerd when I was little. Oh my God. So uh, I've been wanting to come back here forever. That is amazing. That's so cool. So this weekend, are you, are you ready for the Chiefs? Definitely. I'm a huge Chiefs fan. Um, like, I mean, my dad, I grew up with my dad being a Jets fan, but then just living in Kansas, like you cannot escape the Kansas city Chiefs. So, um, I was a fan even when they sucked. So I'm, I'm very happy for their success. I love that. That's awesome. I'm a huge Patrick Mahomes fan. So as soon as the Cowboys are out, I'm all in Mm -hmm. on the Chiefs and Mahomes because he went to Texas Tech. So all in on the Chiefs as well. Um, so what about just, what are your, some of your like favorite things to cover? I know you have a big passion with women's sports, specifically the WNBA. Um, tell me about your, your, your passions and like, what are the sports that like make your passion shine? Yeah. I mean, women's sports first and foremost is always going to be one that's at the top, like forefront. I played basketball growing up and like, I've seen what it's like to be treated differently as a, a female athlete, like how the guys are treated and just like. I think it's so important that women get the coverage they deserve and just the respect they deserve. And, um, and it's exciting. Like the women's game on, in any sport, it's so different than the male counterparts. Like the one, like WNBA is so different than the NBA and they're both so exciting, but for different reasons. So, I mean, I love WNBA women's sports also do love the NBA. Like I'm a huge basketball fan. Um, and hockey's been a fun one I've been getting into, but also like, I just like finding good storylines, like trying to find small moments. So say like there's a player on the Jets that does X, Y, Z in the community. He might not be a starter, but like he's doing big things. Like that's the type of things that like excite me and that I like gravitate towards. I love that. That's so cool. Thanks. Right now you are, you know, doing content creation on your page. Do you also do like content stuff for other like teams or like businesses or like mainly on your feed? A lot of it's my feed and some of it also is actually behind the scenes. Like I I help run like the Columbia pages. Um, I was with Moolah Kicks for a while. Big shout out to them and everything Natalie White's doing with um, the women's basketball sneaker brand. Um, but something that I've really found myself enjoying as of lately is I worked recently with this basketball agency and they have like NBA players, college players, everything. And I went to a photo shoot they did and it was really cool because they kind of saw my value as having my own platform, but also having good ideas for not my platform. So they had me come out to a photo shoot and do like content for myself, but also like help them produce ideas like for the athletes post on their pages and everything like that. And I think that's just like the perfect opportunity because I get to like do my little like social media stuff for myself, but also like use my big, like bigger part of my brain to like help come up with ideas for athletes too that's so cool so would you say like passion like what you want to do like long-term wise like you know is it more so like doing like sports influencing or would it be maybe like help athletes like build their brand like social wise or 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 like a combination of both kind of everything I mean first and foremost I love interviewing like I love sitting down and talking to people so that's like I think my long-term like overarching goal Mm -hmm. but I also love um just kind of like helping people realize their potential and and how they can capitalize off of it. Like, I don't think I want to be managing pages forever, but I think like 
I, and it, this is like the sport management, like the business side of the degree coming out. It's like, I, I have a lot of like business ideas that I think they could execute if they have the right team of people around them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like that would be fun to get to do as well. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so tell me about the shoot. So was it, it was, looks like it was a lot of like recruits, um, yeah. potential, um, like, recruits and stuff. So the crazy thing is, is we shot that back in November and the, the content just got live because wow. it was for PSD under. and like when you're working with those huge brands like sometimes you have to sit on things for like a few months but in the time from when we shot the like content to when I released it all the guys I was working with committed to their their colleges so oh, wow. and they're all like five-star recruits so one of them is going to Baylor Kentucky like the big big schools oh, um and so it was really cool that like when I first met them, they were not committed. There's a lot of buzz going around. And then by the time we released the content, I could be like, oh, Baylor fans, like this, this is your guy, like, and kind of show them off like that. That is so cool. Wow. That's awesome. Um, So just like as of late, like of, of 2024, like what have been some of your, you know, favorite things that you've been able to do? Would it be like a hockey game, basketball, um, you know, a shoot like that? What would have been like some of your favorite things to cover? Definitely. I went to my first PWHL game. Um, and I went with Ari Chambers, who is just like the woman in sports. Like she is just such a talented person. So we kind of just got to go and we got content, but we also just kind of went as fans and as friends and Billie Jean King was there. We got to meet her. So it was just like, I was just like, wow, my heart is so full. It was like, it was like one of the first weeks of January too. And I'm like, I need this energy the whole year, like powerful woman and like women supporting women. That is so cool. That's awesome. Um, and so just, just looking at like the content side of what you do when it comes to video editing, you know, thinking of ideas, um, working with brands and stuff, what are some like good tips that you have, you know, for content creators? I know that's like the big thing right now, like people being in content creation, um, but to be like very niche within sports and what you do, um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to know, like just some tips that you have when it comes to creating content. Yeah, I think, like one of the big things I do is kind of like, you know, I'm a, as a basketball player. So they say head on a swivel, see, see your person, see the ball. And mm-hmm. same can go when you're capturing content. Like so many people just focus on the big moments, like what ESPN is going to show in their broadcast. But if you look around, there's storylines everywhere that you can help make significant. Mm-hmm. For instance, like I covered the army Navy game a couple of years ago and everyone, like all the camera crews were rushing to like the star quarterback and then there's these two guys and they were captains. So like, they were good players. They were like, they had a huge embrace. It was very emotional as both their senior years, like last game ever. And I was the only person that captured that. And like the Navy, like athletics department even posted my content because of how wow. the moment was. So I think that's a big thing. It's like, mm-hmm. everyone's going to see what ESPN posts. Everyone's going to see what the broadcast does, but like look for smaller moments and find ways to make it more significant. And then on like the more technical side, it's just like, I, I just like play around with editing styles. Like I just, I'm self-taught and like a lot of people I know are also self-taught. And so I'll like watch like different people that inspire me from other niches and see what like they're doing and then not copy it. I try to see like, oh, like I love that transition. Let's see if I could do it. But then I also am like, what would my audience like? Yeah. I think knowing your audience is huge. Cause like sometimes my audience doesn't want like quick transitions and stuff. They want me like talking to the, to the microphone and um, so it's just kind of like playing around and, and knowing your audience and like what you like, what your audience knows you for. Totally. 
And how would someone know what their audience is? Like, how did you like get to a point to like understanding what, you know, your followers want to see and, you know, how you grow that? Yeah, it's kind of a couple things. I, I'm all for just like testing a bunch of things and seeing what sticks and also like not having to do the same formula every time. So now I'll do like a couple voiceover videos and like a transition video. Um, but I also like, there's some people that like, don't want to ask for feedback, but I love like being interactive on my stories or whatever. And being like, what did you guys think? Like, should I do this more? Or should I do it less? Like, yeah. and there's been times where I've straight up put on my Instagram story, like a little poll, like, Hey guys, just covered this event. Would you rather a voiceover or would you rather like to music and see what people vote? And I don't do everything to please everyone, but it is nice to know the feedback. Like totally. I can, and I can get feedback and still not take it, but I think it's important to like engage your audience and see what they want. So I love that. And then also like when it comes to just in general, you know, growing, uh, it seems like TikTok has really been like a place where businesses and influencers, right? Like have like really taken over the past few years. And I feel like when they're really good on TikTok, it seems like it trickles over into the other platforms as well in terms of growing. Um, mm -hmm. So just like talking about like your growth and how you've grown your channels, what has kind of been your plan of attack or has it just been like you're going with the flow and like figuring out uh, or like, are you posting the same things across all channels? Like how do you gauge um, how you put out your content uh, versus the platform? Yeah, I swear like it's always changing my approach. One, because sometimes there's no rhyme or reason for why things will like pop off. Mm -hmm. um, but it also depends on what I'm doing in my everyday life. So like when I was covering the Liberty over the summer, I, I took more of a journalistic approach to Twitter because that's where the people, like the fans that really like like the X's and O's are. So like, instead of just posting a vlog to Twitter, I'd be like, yeah. I'd post something that they would resonate with more. Whereas like TikTok and Instagram, like Instagram, I try to have it more polished and then TikTok. You can just throw everything away on TikTok. Yeah. Like I realized like in also managing brand accounts, it's like we have some very, very talented videographers, but for some reason, sometimes the iPhone footage that like is shot on an iPhone, like 11 yeah. pops off more than like a professional video. Yeah. So um, that's kind of how I approach it is like TikTok's like where I kind of experiment where I'm kind of like just throwing stuff out there and then um Instagram is more polished and then um like Twitter and, and stuff like that is more like wordy yeah that's a really good approach and then when it comes to just uh you know coming up with ideas like do you have like you know a running list of like ideas or like a content calendar like how do you manage all the things that you're doing and all the things that you're covering you know I really should have a content calendar or or stuff I mean I'm a big planner person like paper and pen like these are my pens like I'm a, addicted to pens. um so I, I do write out a lot of things and ideas and other times I try not because at one point I was trying to be almost too strict with myself of like idea 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 like post this then and it didn't feel genuine so now I'm trying to find the balance of like here are my ideas I would ideally like to post xyz but like give myself grace or like give myself room to like think of different ideas or to just do a different approach. So yeah. I'm trying to find that balance right now. I love that. Me too. I feel like we all are for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you look at like the content creation world, sports world, whatever it is, um, you know, just who do you admire? Who do you look up to? Whose content do you really like? And that could be like, you know, a certain sports influencer or um personality or like a sports team. Like who are some of the people that you you look at? Yeah, well, I mean, you and I are are now signed to the same agency, and someone else is um Adam Ferris. He is uh he is just 
he's the type of guy that he has a formula down to a science. Like, you know what you're going to get out of his videos and you're going to be entertained the entire time. But all of his videos like have the same like fast paced, quick editing. And like, they're so informational within a, like a minute, minute and a half. Um, there's another guy named Colin. His at name is All Hail B-Ball. And like, he was like making those same types of videos, but I've seen him expand to like vlogs and stuff like that and non-sports related wow. content. So he's great. And then, I mean, I mentioned Ari earlier, but Ari Chambers, like, I love how she's been able to not put herself in a box because she has the following to just be an influencer or just be like an on-air personality or a journalist. But she's kind of been um, like a very big inspiration for how she can show the world that she's a multi-hyphenate and not just like box into one niche. So she's yeah. been a good one. When it comes to, for you, like with, with a niche and obviously it's sports, do you sometimes take opportunities that are maybe not always in sports to, you know, cover on your page or is it really just all about sports for you? I, I try to take stuff that aren't sports and I'm trying to push myself to do more non-sports stuff this year as well. One, because I think like there are a lot of people that follow me because of the sports, but then like, I feel like people like seeing other sides of you of, of yeah. like what you're doing. So like, and I've always loved fashion. I, like I used to live with fashion roommates. So like um, doing more things like that. And also the crazy thing about sports is like, we influence so many other um, like things out there, pop culture, yeah. music, fashion, like all of that sports are intertwined too. So I kind of like finding the intersection of like music and sports or fashion and sports. I love that. And what about just, you know, what are some things that maybe people don't know about when it comes to content creation, sports influencing, or just in general influencing? Uh, what are some things that maybe people would be surprised with or like that they don't know about? Okay, this is twofold. So I think for the casual like fan viewer, like there's so much more that goes into it. Like, and like some people like online, like I don't know, like sometimes I feel like, yeah, I'm showing you just like a little portion, but there's so much more like it, there's like so much more depth. And I think on the brand side is there's so much more brains that go into it than just being a social media influencer or social yeah. media person. Like there, there's strategy, there's community building. There's so many things that goes into being that. So I hate seeing now people get looked over because like, oh, you're just an influencer. What do you know? Like you're just on social right. media, but social media drives so many sales, so many, right. so many things. So I think it's just like, that's another thing people don't know is like, it does take brain. It takes soft skills. It takes those like, you know, the emotional intelligence to also do this job. What do you think is the hardest thing about just your journey in general, but now that you like are really into the influencing um, worlds now with sports and and really, you know, making something out of it, what has been the hardest thing thus far in your journey with it? I think it's like, I mean, new year, new, like we're all like kind of being like reflective on, on ourselves. But I think this year, like, especially I want to focus on like not getting tied into the numbers of things, which can be hard because like, sometimes you might not book a job because your views aren't high enough, Right. but your community might be like supporting you, but it might not have reached enough strangers like off the internet. So I think not getting tied up in the, in the views and also like FOMO. I think a big thing I had to learn within the past few years is like, if I'm not at an event, it's not the end of my career. Like yeah. if I'm not getting to cover like Super Bowl week, that doesn't mean like like stuff won't pop up for me in the future so I think it's just like 
you don't need to be doing everything at all times to be successful. Like sometimes it's better to give yourself a little break and then you can come back better than before than to like run yourself too thin, trying to spread, like cover everything. Yeah. I think the FOMO part is, is so hard because especially when it just comes to supporting like your colleagues within sports, you know, it's Mm -hmm. tough. Like sometimes you see someone get X gig or like X event to cover and like, you're like, why didn't I get that or whatever? Yeah. But then at the same time, you're trying to support them too, right? Because we're all, you know, in it together and, and it is a hard industry. So FOMO is definitely uh, a tough yeah. one for sure. Um, but going back to like the beginning of like when you, you know, really started getting into sports um, and, you know, your master's program, whenever you really started taking like social media seriously, who were the people that kind of, you know, helped you build your brand, right? Like, was it, you know, asp- aspiring sports journalist or aspiring sports media people um like who were kind of like the who is the audience really that you feel like you were targeting towards in the beginning yeah so I mean like in 2016 I was adamant to my first job at at the newspaper that we needed to take social media seriously and they said it was unprofessional so like I I've been like at this social media thing since then but in 2020 like when the world shut down sports were shut down I really got close with just like the online sports business community, like people that work in sports or want to work in sports. And then I found like my target audience to be people that want to work in sports that are younger. Um, And so then I started hosting Zooms during COVID for like all of these young professionals. Like we were like, they were like in college about to graduate, like to meet each other. And they have been like my rock through it all. Like And I've obviously like expanded my audience since then, but like, they're always the people I go back to because they are like the most supportive. And, um, it's been cool to see like how their careers have flourished since then. So like, that was definitely like my, my main audience. That is so cool. I love that. (laughs) Wow. And now it seems like you like have this whole like database, like through, it's all through Instagram, like all like you have this whole database of people who have like filled out their contact information, Mm-hmm. Um, I want to work in sports and stuff. And that is so cool. Like you really built a community, um, especially for like younger people, it seems like that want to work in sports. So, um, you know, it was that around the time whenever you decided that you wanted to invest in like some younger people who wanted to like get into the industry? Yeah. I mean, like even years before then, I always gravitated towards like the, I never really had like when I was first starting out and going through those tough times in my first job, like I didn't really have a mentor in the industry. I'm very blessed that I have like an amazing family and like inner circle that helps me, but I'm like, I don't really have someone in the industry that's like willing to be like my bigger sister. So even before I started social media seriously, like I was always mentoring younger girls at at my college and I was like trying to get the sport management, like student group started back up because it like died down before I got to college. So I'm like, guys, we're banding together and we're going to make this like group again, this club so that everyone can join it. And so like, even before social media, I was always that way. So it definitely translated. Like, Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. I feel like also whenever you're like helping out people, like, you know, when they ask if, if like a younger person who wants to get into sports, like ask you to like set up a call or like a zoom or something. And like, whenever you're like investing in like other people who want to get in the industry, I feel like things just get better for you too. Like, I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. it's like good karma maybe, but exactly, um, it's the best feeling. 
No, I went to this conference in 2018. I don't know why I was there. It was um, it was women leaders in college sports. I was the youngest person there. And it was like for people that wanted to work in like intercollegiate athletics, like front office stuff. I did not want to do that. But for some reason, I went to the conference and one of the speakers, like her, her key saying is that we rise by lifting others. And ever since I heard that, I was like, a light bulb just went off. I'm like, you are so right. Like the so, more I help other people, like we, we go up together instead of being like petty or, or competitive. 100%. Cause I don't know about you, but you know, whenever I was like first starting out, like I remember the people who did not help me. Like I remember <laughs> the people I reached out to and like, I really admired and I felt like they weren't really, you know, super nice back to me maybe, or I don't know. You just always kind of remember the ones who did help you. So yeah, really exactly. Nice. Oh yeah. Me too. For sure. Um, what about just big goals this year? What are, what are some of the big things that you, you know, are, are aspiring for this year? I would love to get back to doing like interviews some more. I mean, obviously social media will always be a big part of what I do, but I also want to do more like storytelling or journalistic things. Um, and I did a quite a bit of that last year, but I think just expanding on that instead of just being pigeonholed into social media. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, like I mentioned earlier, like being able to do those sit down interviews again would be huge. So stuff, anything that like gets me closer to that goal, to being more, more like of everything instead of just social media. Yeah. I feel like just being able to be very like multifaceted within like multimedia is really important for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's great. Um, What else, anything else you want to like touch on or like anything, like any advice points that maybe you have for anyone who like tunes in and listens to the podcast? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you too having like covering as much women's sports as you do. I'm sure you have a lot of like younger female audience, like women in sports. Um, And I think like a big thing that I just love to tell people is like to not put yourself into a box that the industry thinks you need to be in. Kind of like what I was mentioning earlier, like people sometimes overlook me because I am so big on social media. They think the brains aren't there because like, oh, social media is so mindless. Um, I've been told like, I've been taken advantage of because of how bubbly I am. And even though then like that happens quite a bit, like I still don't change my personality in order to please other people or to get respect. Like there's a way to get respect and to, you know, like really stand up for yourself without compromising like the aspects of you that make you who you are. So I think that's a big one. Like, cause there's been times where I'm like, maybe I should just not be so bubbly and outgoing and just be like, you know, more resting bitch face, stuff like yeah. that. But it's just yeah. not who I am. And you can be successful even if you're outgoing or if you're shy. Like you don't have to like change everything about you just to make it in the industry. Totally. I feel like a couple of years ago that was very um I definitely felt like that too. I feel like now we're we're kind of like entering an era where you really can like thrive in whoever you want to be, which I know that sounds mm-hmm. so cliche, but like in general, like there's just so many different types of people now within the sports world. And I feel like a lot of that is too, because of the social media presence that we have. Yeah. Um, so it is cool that you are able to like be yourself and like be bubbly. Um, and like social media, like people want to see that, right? Yeah. And that builds your brand to like do things outside of social media, to do sit down interviews, to connect with athletes, to cover events, um, stuff like that. So I love that. I feel like I'm definitely the same way. I'm Um, maybe people don't take me as seriously at first because I feel like I'm very, you know, personality louder. Yeah, exactly. I definitely feel that. Okay. Looking at this weekend, uh, Super Bowl, 
who like what do you think the score is going to be predictions with the chiefs um if you were to you know give out some bets or anything like prediction wise hit me okay i definitely i am a chiefs fan so definitely have the chiefs winning i don't know why but the number 31 always sticks out to me for some reason so i think the chiefs are going to have 31 points and then um like 31 to like 24 i don't know i can't do quick math is that even a football score like i think you know what i I mean like sometimes i say a score and i'm like Sometimes I say a score and I'm like, wait, is that even possible? Like with math? No, yeah, so, I think it can work. It always, it always somehow can, you know, whenever you like play that Bears game, uh-huh. like the most random number on there, I swear sometimes you can still win. So I know. So that's what I think it's going to be. And also I think, I think Travis will have a couple touchdowns. I mean, Taylor had a big weekend, so he's, he's going to be riding that high and he's going to also have have to perform as well <laughs> i just can't believe she came out last night and was like yeah i'm announcing a new album um i'm getting I, real quick you know she's gonna come back for the super bowl oh yeah it's crazy but i i don't know maybe travis is too romantic to like get engaged at the super bowl like i could see him doing something like super i don't know like in europe or something oh so, yeah same we'll here see. like one of those private things and then they keep it a secret for a while and then they like put little easter eggs out to hint towards it her easter eggs are mind-blowing I know she's I am a huge Taylor Swift fan I love everything about her I mean big inspiration for women everywhere so yeah I love it 100% it's crazy to see the merging of like you know like you grew up a sports fan like football and Taylor Swift is like the greatest (laughs) combo of all time I know same with like uh Tate McRae with the NHL like I am a huge Tate McRae fan like pop icon she's gonna be one of the, like she has like such like Britney Spears vibes 100% and she's huge into the NHL and so it's so cool to see like an artist I love like be such a big sports fan and I'm like that's love such it. a win for us girls I love it and I, it really is so funny just to look at the comments on all of like the sports platforms every time you know Taylor's posted or something too oh my gosh it kills me it's I so know. funny go Chief! so excited um thank you so much for hopping on Of course. Thanks for having me. Of course, I had to ask her about the big game kicking off on Sunday, the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. And if you know me, you know that once the Cowboys get out, which is always quickly in the playoffs or don't even make the playoffs, uh, I quickly become a Patrick Mahomes fan because I went to Texas Tech, so therefore I'm just pa- team Patrick Mahomes after the Cowboys get out. So I'm all in on the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. I know Patrick Mahomes is going to light it up. Andy Reid always produces in big games. I think Travis Kelsey as well. And of course, if uh, Taylor Swift's coming all the way back from Japan, you know he's got to put on a show for her. The big question is, is he going to propose at the end of the Super Bowl? I think too soon. I also think as much as people maybe would disagree with me that don't know Taylor Swift well, it's not really her thing to get proposed to at a Super Bowl. At the same time, she's also waited this long. Why not wait a little bit longer? I also think like Travis is more of a romantic type of guy. So I think he's going to wait for the right time, maybe like Europe or Paris or something um to for the proposal but who knows we might be waiting here for months because taylor's had had me been waiting for a, a long time so i just love them together it's been such a fun mix of you know my favorite celebrity and taylor swift and musician and mixing that with sports it's been cool to see how many women are now watching football you know maybe it's just the kansas city chief games but at the end of the day, they're still watching football, whether that's, you know, and they can connect with their dads or 
or their boyfriends or their friends. Um, it's, it's awesome to see how many more people are watching football this year. And I think a lot of that has to do because of Taylor Swift. It is just wild how every single media outlet is all over the story of her and Travis. So it's been fun to see. I'm really excited uh, for her and I'm excited for Travis. It's been the best watching it from afar. I act like I know them and I'm like their friends. I'm like, I'm so happy for them, but no, for real. Like they both deserve it. They're both great, great people. I really think Kansas City is going to step up, but I'm also excited for Brock Purdy. I mean, from being Mr. Irrelevant to now playing in the freaking Super Bowl, what? Like what? That is just crazy. With McCaffrey and Debo, with Kittle. I mean, this this San Francisco team is stacked. I mean, I remember it all too well earlier earlier in the season uh, when they played the Cowboys and it was an absolute blowout. And it usually is when we play the Niners. So this team's the real deal, but they both are the real deal. I think with Kansas City being back in the Super Bowl, this defense is something that they've improved on so much and something that's also underrated. I don't think enough people are talking about the defense that they do have. But I know and I hope that it's going to be a great matchup, Usher Halftime hoping for a Justin Bieber appearance. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm excited for the future with this podcast and the sports personalities, content creators, athletes that I'm going to be bringing on the show for weeks to come. So make sure to let me know who you want to hear from and let me know any feedback or things you want me to touch on. But I'm really excited to bring this thing back. Thank you for tuning in. Have a awesome Super Bowl Sunday. I'll see you next time. Bye.